Take four. Action. Hello, 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 and welcome to Trips Tennis Talk, the amateur podcast about professional tennis. Thanks for listening. Thanks for finding the pod. Today's episode will focus on the Saturday results from the Western and Southern Open 1,000-point tournament in Mason, Ohio. For most of the players, it was semifinal Saturday, the one exception being the women's doubles, which had the championship match late at night. It is 9.41 p.m. on the West Coast, where I am. About an hour ago, action wrapped up for the day with the women's doubles finishing. This means it is 12.41 a.m. Sunday morning in Mason. And as I just said, the action wrapped up an hour ago with Ludmilla Kichinok and Yelena Ostapenko winning the Women's Doubles Championship 7-6-6-3 against Nicole Melichar-Martinez and Ellen Perez. And Ostapenko and Kichinok were the number seven seeds. I want to give uh, a little bit of love to the women's doubles circuit. So very briefly, I just want to read the list of winners that we've had this year. I'm going to butcher some of these, but apologies in advance. I'm broadening my horizons by looking at a part of the game that I don't always look at. Coco Goff and Jessica Pagula won the 1,000 tournament in the Middle East. This is one I'm going to butcher. Zhu Yifan and Yang Zhao Wan won Indian Wells. Laura Siegmund and Vera Zvonareva won in Miami. Gabriela Dabrowski and Juliana Olmos won Madrid, Veronica Kudermatova and Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova won in Rome, Goff and Pagula won again last week in Canada, and now Kichinok and Ostapenko get the win here in Cincinnati, and reading out the WTA doubles race after Cincinnati, number one, Dabrowski and Olmos. Number two, Kichinok and Ostapenko. Number three, Pagula and Goff. Number four, Mertens Kudermatova. Number five, Zhu and Yang. Number six, Schurz and Kravchik. Number seven, Haddad Maya and Danilina. And, and number eight, Krejcikova. Krejcikova and Siniakova, Siniakova. And Melichar and, and Perez are up to number 11 in the race after this week. Now that I have turned away all my listeners by showing my lack of intelligence when it comes to pronouncing names, let's move on to some other matches that happened today. So the women's doubles ended the action in the late night part of the day. A couple of hours earlier, we had concurrent, simultaneous men's semifinals because of rains earlier in the day. We'll start with the headliner, which was number one seed, Daniil Medvedev, against the number four seed, Stefanos Tsitsipas. This one got started at 8.10 p.m., and coming into the match, Their head-to-head was 7-2 in favor of Medvedev, and they have had some history. They are the opposite of BFFs, let's say. Medvedev got to an early two-love lead in the first set, but Tsitsipas came back to win that first set 7-6 in a tiebreaker, saving set points. So Tsitsipas from love two, to 7-6, and then in the second set, Medvedev raced to a 
five love lead before giving away a good portion of that. Uh, Sitsipas winning the second set, 6-3. When Medvedev was serving for that second set there at 5-1, he played a very poor game to get broken at 15. And even though it was only 5-2, one break at that point, in my mind, the possibility was very much alive of Tsitsipas coming back to win that match in straight sets because Medvedev is capable of these mental walkabouts. And Tsitsipas held to make it 5-3. Medvedev was serving for the set again. And he came back from double break point, three break points. Medvedev was down love 40 to get back on serve there in the second set after an inexplicable stretch of poor play from Medvedev. And then Tsitsipas had an inexplicable stretch himself to allow Medvedev to hold that game to win the second set and even the match. And in the third set, the Kings Island fireworks returned, and that contributed to Medvedev's general irritation. I would say that during this match, Medvedev was not comfortable at all, and that is a credit to Tsitsipas for playing well, but it's also symptomatic of Medi's 2022. It's been quite a while since he looked comfortable in a big match for a sustained period of time. Medvedev was serving at 2-3 in that third set, and he served four double faults to get broken. Tsitsipas won five points in that game to get the break. Four of the points were double faults, so Tsitsipas was essentially gifted the match on a mental walkabout from the world number one player. Aura? What Aura? And that match finished at 10-33. Tsitsipas got the win. 7-6, 3-6, Just to wrap up what happened during the match, again, there was some meta gaming going on, some leveling, because of the negative history that they've had. There was a stretch particularly in the second and third sets where the two guys were playing lots of junk shots, lots lots of slice shots, and both guys made shocking mistakes. Again, maybe mistakes that they're thinking, they're thinking on the third, fourth, fifth level maybe. This guy knows what I'm going to do, so I'm going to do this, but he'll know I'm going to do that, so I have to do this instead. When you start to get into that sort of mind game, it can go sideways for a little bit. And this match quality was not the highest quality, especially in the second and third. This is what the tennis tour is going to be for the next 10 to 15 years, you guys. There there are going to be highlights, but for every Nori Alcaraz match in a big tournament, in a big moment, there are going to be matches like this where two highly ranked guys are not necessarily producing their best stuff. I can think of a word that uh, Joe Wilfried Sanga once used to describe what he thought was uh, poor tennis. Sometimes it can be applied to uh, matches in this discipline as well. So Tsitsipas gets the win against his arch-nemesis Medvedev, and after the match, Stefanos... Sitsipas spoke to the media, and here is what he said. Uh, well, I knew it was not going to go in my favor every single time. Um, tennis is about percentages and numbers, and you know it, it's, it's rare that you see a percentage of 70-30, or even sometimes 55-45 uh, when it comes to winning points. So it's, it's all in the details. As long as I can still stay within that margin, stay close, and exceed that margin at some point, um, I knew I was I was in the right path. Uh, I was heading there. I just had to hold on tight, uh, not too tight, but stay loose at the same time. 
uh, he got really tight, I think, with the, with the first serves. Wasn't uh, putting a lot of first serves in. Uh, gave me a double fault in the last uh, in the last uh, few games of the third set. Uh, I felt like the ball wasn't really flying off his racket. I felt like he was trying too hard, and that's when I knew that uh, I pushed him there. And I, you know, it was something that I I did over many consecutive rallies. Uh, a lot of physical effort, and uh, uh, I knew that was my opportunity to go and uh, and strike. Just your thoughts going into the final against uh, tomorrow. Um, I'm prepared. I'm, I'm prepared for it. I know it's uh, it's not an easy task playing against him. You know, he he's uh, uh, coming back from an injury. Uh, he's playing great tennis, and uh, he's going to work very hard for it. You can. Well, we play tennis that way too, sometimes. It's not only from the baseline. I decided I want to play like this tonight. That's funny, anybody? How, how difficult or was it not that difficult to, to not play in the doubles tonight and just focus on tomorrow? Well, obviously, it's a difficult decision because we have uh, had good memories with Holger so far. And um, I even told him, you know, I'd like to uh, further. Uh, pursue more and more doubles with you uh, in the near future. Uh, well, it's unfortunate, but uh, I would do the same if it was for him. And I completely understand the scenario. I've had to witness that a few years ago in Madrid, and it was not very good for my body having to play the final of singles uh, the next day. So um, I guess uh, it comes with experience. Uh, it's something that's going to be not uh, not so much uh, uh, for tomorrow. Uh, when it comes to, to to singles, but also you know, uh, physically, uh, uh, kind of uh, uh, the loading physically that I'm going to put my, to myself prior prior to uh, U.S. Open. And that is what the winner, Stefanos Tsitsipas, had to say today. It's been a tough season for Medvedev. He missed some time with that hernia injury, and. The mental damage of blowing that two-set lead to Rafa, that's still the defining moment of his season, and it's just not the same for Medi right now. It's a wasted season. It's a lost season. I'm not necessarily optimistic of his U.S. Open chances. Can he take advantage of a draw to get to a semi? Sure. Is he going to win the whole thing? That doesn't seem like a realistic possibility today. Clip this to play it in three weeks after he wins, but just the, the takeaway from today is I'm down on Medi right now. As a, as a Medi fan, I'm not very optimistic right now on what's going on with him. In the other semifinal, played on grandstand court because of the rain, and they wanted to play the matches at a reasonable hour, so that's why Nori and Chorich went out to the grandstand. That match started before the other one. It started at 7.43, and Nori got the early quick break to go up 3-1, But after that, Chorich dialed in, and he found his range. Once the Chorich train left the station, the Chorich train zoomed all the way to the finish line. And from 1-3 down, Borna Chorich gets the win over a top 15-er, Cameron Norrie, 6-3, 6-4. So just quick mental math. So he would have won 6-4. That first set he would have won... 5 to 0. So 11 of the last 15 games went to Chorich. I think I have that right. Maybe Nori was tired. I'm not sure. But Chorich played very, very well. For Nori, probably he would think on paper that this is an opportunity missed to 
get another 1,000 title, or at least get to the finals, but maybe he can comfort himself in the fact that Chorich is having a very good week, and he's been playing very well as Chorich. And hopefully Nori will have some more chances to do well in the future. He did get that great win last night, so he will leave with his head held high. Here is what Chorich had to say afterwards. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing week for you. Four top 20 wins, lowest rank finals here in season nine. How do you feel right now? Uh, yeah, I do. Uh, um, I do feel great. Uh, uh, also a little bit tired, to be honest, but uh, but that's normal. You know, I I I didn't play many finals in the in the last three years, so I'm uh, I'm just very happy to be here. You know, like I said on the court, I was. Uh, I was super happy to be here and and to play a tournament and to and to compete against the uh, against the top guys and you know then obviously just uh, just winning every round uh, it uh, it um, it kind of meant all to me so so yeah just uh, obviously super happy to be in the final and yeah that's it. Why uh, why do you think you were able to to put this kind of form together this weekend? Sort of do something that no one really expected of you. Um, I'm not sure, but you know, it's it's always I find it always in uh, in my career, and um, I have already a little bit of the of the experience. You know, I've I've been on the tour. I've actually just saw it yesterday for the nine years uh, I turned pro in uh, 2013. So I've been on the, on the tour, and what I found is always that you know when I put the work in, and I I know that. Um, all of the guys said it, but I, I, I really find that that's the only um, explanation which I have, you know, is, is I was really, really working very hard in the last six months because I, I knew, you know, I need to come back. I think once you're in the top 20 or in, in top 30 or, or somewhere where, where you want to be, you know, you can get a little bit sloppy and maybe get away with it, you know, but... Um, once you fall down to you know ranking number 200 or I don't know where I was, uh, I knew and I need to work uh, probably three times more harder than I used to work, uh, and that's what I did. You know, for the last six months, I was, I was, uh, I was really focused. I uh, kept my head down even even when I was losing and when I was not playing um, very good tennis, and there was times when I was really not playing good tennis. Uh, you know, since I came back, so. I think uh, I think that's the key, you know. And then obviously you need to be lucky a little bit as well. But again, you know, I believe that uh, you create your own luck. So I think you know that's what I did this week. Or actually, in the in the past, you know, I did that and I got a little bit lucky this week. Do you feel like your confidence just kind of grew steadily throughout this week, or was there a moment where you kind of felt, okay, everything is clicking. I, I've got a chance here to maybe to make. Uh, a I think um, my confidence grew over the time in the in the last six months in my tennis, you know, because I really did see the improvements each month. I would say, you know, with with some little drops, but usually it was, you know, like this. So um, that's that's how I felt. And in in the tournaments, you know, I always say uh, every match is a is a completely different story. So I don't really go into the matches with lots of confidence because I I know, you know, uh, like for example, today I came in the match and I was I had. Uh, uh, I think someone told me f uh, like 15 unforced uh, errors in the in the in the first uh, four or five games. So you know, obviously, I was not I was not playing very well today uh, at the beginning of the match, uh, and the camera was playing um, extremely well in my opinion. I just I just couldn't deal with the speed and uh, with the angles. So I don't go with much confidence into any match, you know, because I know I know it's a new match and anything can happen on. Uh, um, on a given day, so. But again, I have some other confidence that I know that I've, uh, I've, uh, um, I did put the work in, and you know I know uh, somewhere it's it's gonna pay off. That's that's my confidence. But in the, in the matches, I don't go with, with 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 lots of confidence to be honest. You don't know who your opponent. We don't. Yet we know who your opponent's going to be tomorrow. I guess it yes. doesn't really, when you're looking at two players like that, it doesn't really matter who it is. It's going to be a tough opponent. 
Yeah, um, sure. Is that how you're kind of approaching it? For sure, you know, for sure. You know, like I said, just now, and it's, it's the same thing. You know, I think any of the uh, top hundred guys are even even uh, uh, top two hundred guys. You know, they're unbelievable players. They they all know how to play tennis. So you know, on any given day, anything can happen. So. You know, Daniel is uh, um, number one in the world, and Stefanos is what number four or five. I'm not sure, so it doesn't make a big difference there. Um, big favorites in in the final tomorrow, obviously. Uh, I have not much to lose. You know, I've done everything what I could this week, and more than uh, uh, more than I expected. So I'm I'm just gonna go, I'm uh, uh, just gonna go out there and and enjoy my time tomorrow on the court. You know who your, uh, your opponent will be tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, going into a final tomorrow, what's what's your mood like? Are you are you nervous? Are you excited? A combination of both? Like where where is your head at right now? Uh, I'm still not thinking about tomorrow's final. To be honest, you know, I I have this rule that I kind of uh, when I do a big uh, when I do a um, very good result, you know. Actually, um, any result, I just, I just try to, uh, I just try um, not to think about about tomorrow's match. Uh, if if I don't have to, you know, I don't have to because I'm gonna probably. I don't know when is the final. At five. Yeah. So you know, I have um, whole morning uh, and the afternoon on when when I can when I can focus on the final. So you know, I just. I just uh, I just try to enjoy today. Um, be happy, obviously, not to go crazy. I know I need to I need to sleep today, which I always struggle after after big matches when I play late. But um, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my mentality. You know, I, I don't think about it much. Of course, somewhere it's in my head. I'm not gonna go and uh, uh, you know go for the party tonight. But I will I will enjoy myself and I'll be happy tonight for my win. And then you know tomorrow is a new day. Um, I will speak with my coach, with my team. You know what what we have to do in the match, and I will go from there. That was Borna Chorich after his win today. Just to recap the Cincinnati semifinals for the men: number one seed, Daniil Medvedev. Wait a minute, that's not right. Not going to cut that out. We're going to keep that in. The number four seed, Stefanos Tsitsipas, defeated the number one seed, Daniil Medvedev, 7-6, And Borna Chorich, ranked 152 in on a protected ranking, beat number nine seed, Cameron Norrie, 6-3, So the final tomorrow, Tsitsipas against Chorich. We'll talk more about that later. Quickly on the men's doubles, the number one seeds, Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury, beat Santiago Gonzalez and Eduard Roger Vaselin, 6-4-7-5. That match got rain-delayed, but they managed to finish that match during the daytime hours, and Holger Rune and Stefano Tsitsipas were slated to play uh, in the other semifinal, but that match hadn't gotten done as of 10 p.m., 11 p.m. So after his singles victory, Tsitsipas pulled out of the doubles to rest his body physically for tomorrow. Because if he ha- if he had done the doubles, his schedule would have been this. He would have played uh, Saturday night singles, late Saturday doubles. He would have gotten to bed at 4 in the morning. He would have had a 12 o'clock doubles final and a 4.30 p.m. singles final. So four matches in under 24 hours or four matches in a 24-hour time span. I completely understand why Sitspass pulled out. So the men's doubles final tomorrow is going to be the number one seeds versus the number six seeds. Checking in on the ATP race. Like I said yesterday, by virtue of winning today, Tsitsipas is now number two in the race. Here's uh, updated figures for you. Rafa's number one. Tsitsipas is two. Alcaraz, three. Rude, four. Medvedev, five. The rest is the same. Skipping down. 
Borna Chorich is up to 35 in the race. He was outside the top 100, about, uh, well, he was 81 spots lower. My brain's not working too well, so 85 plus 31, that's how many spots he's up since the start of the week on the race. If So Chorich is 35. If he wins tomorrow, he would go to 22. Sits passes 2, but if he wins tomorrow, he gains 400 more points on Rafa. He would be 2 nonetheless. So the men's semis were at night because of the rain. There was rain throughout the day, and just because I'm tired and there's not much point talking about it since the whole schedule did get played on Saturday, but there was a rain delay on and off for several hours that primarily affected the Sabalenka-Garcia match. That match, including the rain, took six or seven hours to finish. Um, but again, the schedule got completed, so I'm just not going to spend too much time talking about the rain. Like I said, in that semifinal, Carolyn Garcia dismissed Arena Sabalenka, 6-2-4-6-6-1. Those two winning sets there, 6-2-6-1. I didn't see this match. Honestly, I chose not to watch it just because I've seen Sabalenka a couple times this week, and I was not intrigued in a encore viewing experience. So... Carolyn Garcia is into the finals as a qualifier. I don't have the stat. Actually, I do. She's the first qualifier to make a WTA 1000 final in history. So, good for her. Here is what Carolyn Garcia had to say. Yeah, I mean, it's feels great. First to be like in the final of 1000 event uh, after so many years and uh, I mean the scenario of today was just like unbelievable. Uh, we had to stop a few times. Uh, we never know when we will come back. Uh, it was long wait and uh, in the wait you never know what uh, you're supposed to do so it was tough but I'm very happy with the last uh, preparation for the comeback at 3-1. I was really ready for, for every point and uh, it made the difference. How did you spend your time during those breaks? So, uh, you wait doing nothing <laughs> because you don't know when is it go it's going to come back. It don't always give you like uh, a time and everything. Uh, you try to eat a little something, but uh, not too much, not to be heavy if you have to come back uh, sooner than expected. Um, just get some rest um, and uh, yeah, read and uh, then talk with the coach to see what we can improve, uh, what I've been doing good and how we can come back uh, better on court. So yeah, that was pretty much that for I don't know how many hours. <laughs> yeah. Caroline, um, what, in terms of your experience that you, you, you generated over the course of your career, how much, what experience helped you this week? Like in terms of managing, you know, a pretty tough draw, uh, you know, a little bit of the, the rain delays and things like this today. What do you think, where did the experience pay off for you this week? Uh, it's tough to say. Uh, there is uh, so many uh, different things. Um, I think what I did good, it was I really tried to be uh, to stay in the present uh, for every single match. And uh, after there's a great win to, to enjoy the feeling of the win because uh, when you don't get as many wins, it's really tough. So you try to enjoy it and take more time to enjoy it. Uh, it's part of the process. And then uh, the next day is a new day. Um, uh, sometimes the sensation, the first hours of the day are not great, but it doesn't mean it's going to be a bad day. And just uh, um, wait, see what's coming, and uh, don't ask mask myself too many questions about the future like I'm, I have a tendency to do, but uh, I'm learning and uh, my team is helping in this way, and I think that was of the um, most important point of, of this week. It's like uh, I was uh, accepting the condition and just trying my best. 
Kondo uh, asked you on court about you know storylines coming in and that yours wouldn't be one that most people would anticipate when you when you look at the week that you have had <laughs> how how satisfying has it been to create the storyline that you have yeah I mean I guess no one expected it that's for sure and uh, it's it's a long way to come from qualis um, I was not too far out of Mendro. Um, I asked for a wildcard top 20, didn't get it. It was a lot of co uh, of good player, Americans. And um, to be C2, it's never easy, you know, like uh, with the new ranking I had, I would be in the main draw, but you had to go through qualies uh, to play a French girl. Uh, it's, it's a tricky first round. And uh, yeah, it's just uh, one, one match at a time. Uh, try to, to take the best uh, from every single match, really improve uh, through the tournament. And um, yeah, I mean, it feels like I've been here for a long time, I have to admit. Um, I, I know the site pretty well now, but I can enjoy it and uh, it's, it's really nice to be in the final again. What is your experience against Petra and uh, what makes her a difficult opponent tomorrow? Yeah, she, she's a great champion. She won already so many titles, slams, uh, aggressive player, lefty. Um, Good serve, good forehand, um, tough to read, um, and um, yeah, it's probably the like today. You know, the most aggressive player will uh, probably get the win, and uh, you have to play to try to play faster to to move better on court uh, against a player like this. Uh, final, it's uh, the match you are looking forward to it, and uh, it's a great challenge for me to play against Petra, and uh, I will try to to play my 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 game style as best as I can. And uh, Caroline, I apologize if you answered this earlier, but just are you uh, what's up with the arm and are you concerned about it at all? Uh, I don't know what is happening. I mean, it's, it's a long list of things weird happened uh, since the beginning of the year and we are trying to deal with it as best as we can. Uh, it's, it's a long way since uh, I arrived here in Cincinnati. A lot of matches, uh, tension and everything, so there is weird things coming up. Uh, we'll try to, to deal with it the best we can tonight, uh, tomorrow morning, to, to prepare for it. And uh, like I say, you have to accept sometimes it's not 100%, uh, it's not uh, the best, uh, best feeling, but uh, I'm sure it's going to uh, hold everything together. <laughs> and how, how different does this feel compared to 2017 Wuhan, 2017 Beijing? Uh, it feels like it's in the US and not on the other side of the world. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it feels very different um, because obviously, like coming from qualities, you don't really expect to be in the in the final. Um, I had uh, some difficult uh, past years um, when when I did one Beijing, I was like 30, 25 in the world, so you're not coming from that far. Uh, I had a good year so far in 2017 already in slams. Um, but um, yeah, it feels different. Uh, I'm different and I, I'm enjoying every single win I have more uh, with my team, with the work we are doing. And um, it makes it uh, easier to come back the next day. I think in part, you know, people really appreciate your story and that you're talking openly about those hard times. I'm curious what you think of what Petra's been through and the respect that she also has in the locker room and, and what people are inspired by her story. Yeah, it's it's another story, you know, it's nothing comparable to what Petra been through and uh, she she's a champion on and off of court, uh, she never complained about anything. She is always very respectful for everyone, uh, working for the tournament, uh, on tour with the other player, and uh, she's uh, she's working her way very very hard, and she came back strongly. Uh, and you n never know what uh, you couldn't expect her to come back as she did, and uh, she was probably going through a very tough period of time for her life and after for being an athlete. And uh, she proved uh, everyone that she's a great champion, great person. And um, every single single week, sometimes you think like she's really tired at the end of what she can do, and she's still here, uh, fighting her way. Uh, she she proved this in the first round here, and now she's in the, in the final. And I I feel I see it 
those kind of weeks so many times for her already and uh, it's a great chance for me and uh, I'm very I'm very proud to play the final against her tomorrow. Carolyn Garcia through to the finals to face, as you heard there, Petra Kvitova. Petra Kvitova got the win ages and ages ago. As I'm taping this now, what, 10, 16 p.m. for me? So that match started 14 hours ago. It finished almost 12 hours ago. I feel like we've all been through a couple of lifetimes since then, but Kvitova got the come-from-behind win, 6-7-6-4-6-3 over Madison Keys. Just on what happened during the match, both players were emotionally demonstrative during the match, and that told me that they were aware of the stakes. They know that chances don't come around all the time to win a 1,000, and both of them really wanted it. And there was probably tension on the court. I think that's fair to say, particularly Kvitova, the way she would react after some of the points. It was like... It was pent-up energy, and it was released with the screams at certain points. But she earned it, definitely. Keys Keys, uh, broke down as the match went on in terms of making more errors. When she's on, she's on, but she's not on all the time. She's like a good home run hitter that has a bad batting average, and that's why Keyes has not had the results that maybe we thought she would during her career. And dovetailing with that, this was a chance to have one of those results. And semis are good. You know, let's say that full stop. Semifinals of a 1,000 are good. But she had the chance to do more, and she was unable to achieve that. She was unable to achieve something that she wanted. Let's play one more audio clip for you. And before I do that, I'm I haven't I haven't listened to this yet. I'm listening to all these for the first time as I'm playing them. You know, what Petra Kvitova is doing is courageous. Post home invasion, post hand injury caused by the intruder. In the last several years of her career since that happened, she's made a major final. She's won a couple of 1,000s already, and that was kind of directly after it in the season or two afterwards. It's been a lean couple of years. She hasn't really been a factor for maybe two to three years, maybe. And to continue on the tour and to make a big final again like this, again courageous it's it's courage it's bravery and kvitova is uh, an inspiration on that let's hear what kvitova had to say uh, v, just uh yeah talk to, talk to the match and, and your thoughts of how you were able to come back from a second um i have no idea how i came back uh, um in the beginning of the of the match, I lost my serve like with the three double faults, and it wasn't really good. But um, sometimes it's happened like one week game, it can happen. But with Madison, it's a bit tough when she's serving very well. But I came back somehow, and the tiebreak was just very very close. Um, she played great those points over there, and um, um, I know that we always having battles like three sets, so. You know, I was still like try to mentally still build, be there and waited maybe for some chance. I think I found a little bit better rhythms on the on the return as well. Um, so I just stayed there and tried um, to play until the until the end with every point what I could, and uh, that's probably how that seems afterwards. Uh, was an incredible battle, I have to say. Madison played really great match, and uh, yeah, it was really really. Uh, tight one. You survived match point in the first round, and then today you sur- you, you've overcome a lot this week. Uh, do you feel, how are you feeling now f- physically? Just you've really had to battle in a lot of matches. Yeah, if I know this after first round, I would be 
pretty surprised. Uh, I think the first round I wasn't really playing the best, but uh, in the third set I found my rhythm. Um, but yeah, obviously being match point down, it's it's tough. But on the other hand, I think it can happen. Then then the player is just playing better uh, in the week and uh, going really deeper in the tournament. But uh, it was funny because I played once and she saved some match points as well. So it was a nice battle of the third round to play. <laughs> uh, both of us uh, saving the match points. So yeah, it's uh, sometimes it can happen. Like it's like a second chance or that you are almost been gone and now you are still here and playing in the draw. So. Yeah, I'm glad that this happened to me. Uh, I don't think that it's ever happened to me. So actually, <laughs> that's nice to have this uh, experience even in my age. <laughs> Petra, you mentioned your age, but this is your 40th WTA final. You've obviously been through many, many things, uh, encore and off. What does this moment mean to you? Especially, I think, earlier this year, you were struggling to kind of find your way and find your motivation. Yeah, I think this is this is very special about the tennis that every week you have a new chance to do well. Um, in Toronto, I was like, oh my god, I played so bad. <laughs> I couldn't really fight, couldn't find the rhythm, and so and suddenly, you know, playing in the final. So, I think it's really roller coaster, especially in my career, <laughs> especially in the season as well. Uh, yeah, I was, um, I had uh, some injuries. Um, you know, it wasn't really easy. Um, the season so far, so I'm really, you know, happy to experience another final, uh, first time in Cincinnati. So yeah, finally I made it. Um, I had uh, chances in, even in the previous years, but finally, yeah, it's here. And Petra, you were quite emotional after the match, and so I'm just kind of wondering what was going on in your mind as you were sitting there and soaking it in. I think I'm quite emotional person sometimes as well. So I, I uh, definitely was a happy tears, um, kind of relief as well. Probably even during the match, I was telling myself that I have to be strong mentally, um, no matter what, because there is uh, just one ball which you have to win, and that's making the whole match afterwards. So. Yeah, it was few points like this. Unfortunately, even when I was 40, love down on my serve. Um, and so, so for sure, it was a couple of moments when it was really, really um, tight. And uh, yeah, I think it was just the emotions going out of me in that moment. And um, yeah, um, I'm looking forward for tomorrow. And then just uh, in terms of the, the match, you talked about the Love 40 game late in the third set, and then obviously Madison was trying to fight back from the 15-40 when she was down in the final game. Um, when you play her, it, and especially today, I don't think there were too many actual unforced errors from both of you. It was very clean. Um, what is it like to spend two and a half hours playing with such little margin, knowing that every ball, every instance could be could determine the match? Yeah, I think it was the emotions afterwards, too. <laughs> to explain uh, your question but uh, it's it's terrible I think it's it's uh, um, I don't think that I experienced so many matches like this to be honest of course in like uh, in the in the deeper in the tournament you have this kind of stuff but I mean we didn't really miss as you mentioned we have to serve well uh, even we were winnowing from from the return so it was really like I don't think that both of us did anything badly in the end. So it's, it's um, yeah, sometimes you have some weak spot, but not today, either of us. And uh, I told Madison she was playing so great today. So, yeah, it was, uh, I think that today deserves both win. Can I, oh, sorry, could I ask you first about Caroline? She won the first set. Uh, Garcia, she's had such a great last few months, and you've you've played her many times before. You've been on both sides, but what challenge does she offer, especially when she is playing her best tennis? Yeah, uh, I know when she is on fire, she is really on fire. So <laughs> that's probably will be same tomorrow. Um, um, yeah, we played many times. I think I lost in in Beijing and or Wuhan or somewhere in the final one or semifinal when she was really like playing so great and I think she is kind of um, aggressive player as me or Madison or so she is really serving well and going for every shot 
Uh, I saw yesterday playing Jessica for the second surf. She was standing like one meter inside of the course. So I was like, okay, <laughs> it's interesting. Um, but yeah, so it's it's it will be very mentally tough as well. I will be like very very focusing on the surf and just try to wait for some chance if that comes. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. It's It will be fine. So it's always, you know, a bit different, I think, that in the any round of the tournament. So, yeah, it will be fun one for sure. It will be big hitting tomorrow. <laughs> I Hydro Arena, actually. <laughs> but just speaking, if it is Arena, yeah. if she comes back, uh, yeah, the, another... <laughs> yeah. Another it's big thing. <laughs> it's same. She's not standing one meter inside of the court, but she is very big hitter as well. I know that sometimes she's struggling with the serve, but in the end, when she needed, she is serving. So I think it doesn't really matter. Um, she is a really big hitter as well. Um, it's very similar game to to Caroline. So uh, yeah, it will be very very similar, and it will be about the serves for sure. Um, you, you've talked about, I think, like in eSport, for example, not taking it for granted, these these titles at this point in your career. So um, how different does it feel that going into, you know, you've made a bunch of WTA 1000 finals before, here's another one, but does this feel different? It feels different because it's for the first time in Cincinnati, so that's very, very different. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the Vega, it, this is not my favorite tournament, but somehow I'm playing well here. So that's weird, but it can happen, obviously. <laughs> like with me, anything can happen. Um, so uh, this is very special, to be honest. I was going to the match today, and I was telling myself that I'd never be here in the final. So in my career, as you mentioned, I had like many, many finals, but not here. So finally, uh, it's, it's here, and actually, who knows how it will end tomorrow, but this is already a big, uh, big step for me. And uh, I already won an Eastbourne this, this year, so with the trophies, I'm really actually good. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll see um, what, what will happen. But um, I'm looking forward. This is, this is great. Um, yeah, Toronto didn't go well. So this is really a really new chance, and we'll see. Your finalist, for the first time, as you heard, Petra Kvitova. And to just recap those scores for the women's semifinals, Petra Kvitova over Madison Keys, 6-7, 6-4, The qualifier, Carolyn Garcia over the number six seed, Arena Sabalenka, 6-2, So we've covered the women's doubles, the men's doubles, the men's singles, and the women's singles for Cincinnati on Saturday. So now let's move ahead for some discussion of Championship Sunday. Let's talk about the matchups first. Sitsipas is in the finals. He is he has never won a major. He is a two time Monte Carlo winner, but that's on clay. At all the other tournaments, he's never won them. Um his best result at the Australian Open is the semis. His best result at the US Open is the third round somehow. Indian Wells, Miami never made the semis there. Canada, he broke out in Canada in his initial run to f uh, prominence in 2018, but that's it for that. He'd never made the finals of Cincy, Shanghai, or Paris. However, he is the 2019 ATP Finals winner, but that's a weird one, as you guys know. So, long story short... This is Stefanos Sitsipas' biggest hardcourt match in almost three years on Sunday or whenever the match gets played against Borna Choric. And this is Choric's second Masters 1000 final after Shanghai 2018 when he lost to Mr. Djokovic. 
they Sitsipas and Chorich have played twice. <laughs> and I talked or I mentioned this match earlier in the week, their bonkers twenty twenty US Open match. Go listen to that episode. I might have mentioned it on the uh, Chorich Dean Adal podcast from a couple of days ago. But that match was played in a completely empty stadium, except for the coaches, and Sitsipas' dad was like jogging up and down the stairs during the match on the change of ends, and Sitsipas was up two sets to one, 5 1, 40 love, and Chorich comes back to get the win in a late night debacle for Sitsipas. That was a fifth set tiebreak victory for Chorich. And uh, they played before that, but that that was a retirement match. So really, the only completed match they've had is that U.S. Open match. So it's nice to kind of relive that crazy, crazy memory of that. If they play anything half as interesting as that match in the Cincinnati 2022 final, it's going to be a good time for sure. Matchups. Do I have anything to say about the matchups? George has been playing well. Sitsipas has been playing better. He hasn't played well recently. On form, I think Chorich is better on form right now. Uh, confidence is there. I'm going to say Chorich is going to get the win on that match. But that's all I have to say currently about the head-to-head. That match will get played whenever it gets played. We'll get to that in a moment. The women's final, Petra Kvitova against Carolyn Garcia. They've played eight times. It's 5-3 Kvitova. But they have not played since 2019. And Kvitova won that match in Madrid. Let's take a look at their hardcourt history. 2014 Wuhan Kvitova. Skip the Fed Cup. Ooh, 2015 Cincinnati. Garcia won that one. You heard Kvitova say she doesn't like Cincinnati all that much. There's one of her losses there. 2017 U.S. Open, Kvitova. 17 Beijing, Garcia. 19 Miami, Kvitova. So it seems like a 50-50 matchup. Hopefully that one has the potential to be very, very good. And I hope that it is. I have a tab open here on Medvedev. Let's just talk about that very quick. Or I, I, I promised myself I wouldn't say briefly or quickly. Let's just talk about it. So let's talk about Medvedev's season, about why I think it's a lost season. Just to read off his results since Australia. French Open fourth round. Couldn't play Wimbledon. Third round, Indian Wells. Quarters of Miami. Skip Monte Carlo. Skip Madrid. Skip Rome. Lost first match in Canada. And lost to uh, his nemesis here in Cincinnati. So he has not made a significant final in seven months. Not the best way to prepare for your U.S. Open title defense. That was one quick extra note on Medvedev. I like Medvedev, so he gets extra coverage in today's episode. The number of Masters 1000 finals for each of the finalists. This is Chorich's second. I said it was in Shanghai, and then this one. This is Sitsipas's sixth Masters 1000 final. He's got two wins. Chorich has not won one. Carolyn Garcia, this is her third Masters final. She's got two wins. She's 2-0 and in Masters 1000 finals. She won back-to-back titles in, at the end of 2017. This is Kvitova's 12th Masters final. She's got eight wins. So that would mean she's 8-3 and three in Masters finals. Let's take a look at... The schedule for tomorrow. This is which I, I should do the forecast. Let's do the forecast first. So, you guys, the forecast 
for Mason, Ohio for Sunday is extremely poor. I'm going to pull it up now to see if it's changed at all. But when I checked a couple of hours ago, it was rain all day. Let's get the hour by hour. Sunday at 8 a.m., 24% chance of rain. 11 a.m., 82% hourly forecast. Let me get the hourly forecast instead. The finals, the doubles finals are scheduled for 12, the men's doubles, and the singles finals will start at 2 local time. And the Mason, Ohio hourly forecast, uh, I'm going to give you the rain percentage for each hour. 10 a.m., 50%. 11 a.m., 81%. 12 p.m. for the doubles, 89% and thunderstorms. 1 p.m., 74% thunderstorms. 2 p.m., 78% thunderstorms. 3 p.m., 69% thunderstorms. 4 p.m., scattered thunderstorms, 59%. 5 p.m., 70% thunderstorms. 6 p.m., 70% thunderstorms. 7 p.m., 76% thunderstorms. 8 p.m., 55% scattered thunderstorms. 9 p.m., 64% scattered, or just regular thunderstorms at 9. 10 p.m., 42% scattered thunderstorms. 11 o'clock, partly cloudy. So from uh, 10 a.m. to 11 p.m., it is not looking good. Cincinnati does not have a roof on any of their courts, which is fine. People were complaining about that on Twitter, and it's like, really? Come on, guys. Not every tournament can have a roof, and it's fine. They got the whole Saturday schedule in, didn't they? But there's three matches scheduled for Sunday, August 21st. I, uh, it's not looking good. It's 10.37 p.m. right now on the West Coast on Saturday night, so this forecast could change, but I'm not necessarily optimistic that it, that it, that it will. You know what? Maybe I should have some more optimism. Maybe over the next six or six or seven hours, that forecast will change and get better. And it better, because if not, then we're going to be having Monday finals for the tournament. The forecast for Monday looks good. Considering the fact that the coming week is the week before a Grand Slam, a rain delay doesn't really affect the players that much, I think. They just get to spend an extra day in Cincinnati. And who, does, who doesn't want that, right? An ch- extra day in a chill place with not much happening, maybe, for the standards of a globe-trotting athlete. So, finals will either be on Sunday or Monday. But let's pretend like Sunday is going to be a nice, shiny, uh, shiny day, which it won't be. But here's the official schedule for Sunday, August 21st. 2022. These are all finals. 12 noon Eastern on Grandstand. The number one seeds, Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury, take on the number six seeds, Tim Puetz and Michael Venus. Shifting over to center court, 2 p.m. local, Petra Kvitova versus the qualifier. Carolyn Garcia. And at 4.30 p.m. local time, number four seed, Stefanos Tsitsipas against the protected ranking, number 152, for Borna Chorich. But again, don't necessarily schedule your days uh, around the matches actually happening, because I don't think they will. We'll see if I get that prediction right. So, uh, for tomorrow's pod, we'll see what happens. If there's matches played, obviously I'm going to do a pod to talk about them. And if the matches are not played, I may or may not do a pod. There's still a chance. Maybe I'll find something to talk about if there's no tennis on Sunday. Another long show. I wanted to keep this one. I wanted to put this one more in the voices of the players. So hope you enjoyed that. 
you don't necessarily see those clips um, elsewhere. You have to go hunting for them. Thanks for making it this far. We'll talk to you soon. This podcast was courtesy of Argon Productions.